Hello to Battlefield and non-Battlefield players. Welcome to greatest Battlefield podcast on the planet. And why it's the greatest, you might ask? Because we actually discuss topics that are not news-related and more philosophical, more educational, stuff that makes you think outside the box about this franchise that we all love. No matter how much I want to forget that Battlefield 2042 exists, it won't really ruin my enthusiasm towards the franchise. So, my name is Tom, aka Don't Like a Soldier. Welcome to another episode of Battlefield 1 Podcast. And unfortunately, I'm all by myself today because my co-host Ray has a family emergency. He's not available for today's recording, so I hope everything is okay there. And he'll be back soon to record and talk about Battlefield. So, hope for the next episode. So, for now, I'm all by myself. I have some things that I want to discuss. And hopefully, you're gonna enjoy everything I have to say. So, grab a, you know, grab a cup of coffee, tea, soft drink, water bottle of water, enjoy, you know, maybe you're at work and listening to this, I hope I can make your work a bit more enjoyable and interesting as we talk about Battlefield. So, before we continue with today's discussion, I just want to remind everyone that we have time codes, so if you don't want to listen to the whole thing, you don't have a whole hour to spare, so just go in the description of this podcast, wherever you're listening, you know, the podcast, uh, Click on the type code, click on the topic you want to listen, and yeah, so hopefully that helps for you if you don't have the whole hour to spare and you just want to listen to a specific topic. Time codes are there for a reason. And if you're new here, please listen to the whole thing and leave us a rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts because it does help for everyone that are looking for a Battlefield-related podcast to find. You know, the more people listen, the more impact we can have on you as an audience member, and I hope we can make your Battlefield gaming experience much better. So if you do enjoy the podcast, leave us a rating, you know, you know, four stars, five stars, whatever, whatever the case may be. Do leave us a rating because it does help people to find the podcast and it does help us, you know, so do us a solid one, right? <laughs> you know, help us out. And of course, if you're, have, you know, if you have social media, if you still haven't deleted your social media accounts because social media these days is just cancer i guess <laughs> that can't stop spreading so please do give us a follow if you have twitter threads actually we don't have threads yet but i do have a personal one so if you want to follow me personally okay before i continue i apologize if you hear a plane in the background because i live in london and every time i record for some reason the pl- fl- planes fly above my head and i can't do anything about so i am so sorry if you hear a plane in the background because London being London, and sometimes I hate it. So if you do hear that, I am so sorry. So yeah, if you have a social media account, do follow me on Threads, Blue Sky, and Twitter at the Lanky Soldier. Just Google the Lanky Soldier and you'll find me anywhere. I'm pretty much everywhere. But if you want to follow this Battlefield One podcast-specific Twitter, it's BF One at po- sorry, it's at BF One Podcast. And we are also on Blue Sky as Balfour One. So if you have those social media accounts, do follow us, you know, easier to track what we're doing. And if you can also send us an email at balfour1podcast at gmail.com, you know, feedback, comments, questions, insults, whatever thoughts about, do send us an email if you feel like it, because I love to read your responses. And most importantly, if you really enjoy this podcast and everything we have to say, please consider supporting us, you know, on Patreon patreon.com slash soldier. We have exclusive episodes that are extremely interesting conversations, and it's not only about Battlefield. 
We talk about Call of Duty, Starfield, all the other games that comes to our mind. We talk about the channel plans. We talk about anything that comes to our mind. You know, there's some behind-the-scenes stuff and everything. And every patron that supports us, they get one week early access to Battlefield 1 podcast episodes, regardless of the tier they're sub to. And if you're not feeling like, you know, you know, throwing money at us, which is fair, of course, why, why, would you, why should you throw money at us? You can do that free trial that is available on the Patreon. I enabled that, so I understand people don't have the money, you know, these days, economic, whatever happening these days you know the the current environment regarding economics is 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 horrible so i get it so free trial is there for a reason so check out listen to some of them and we have some really interesting discussions so it does help us out support the podcast and yeah that's kind of it i hope you check out my god i is one loud fucking plane i swear to fucking god so i hope you check out enjoy everything that we do and uh, every bit of support means a lot to us because it does help. And the, at these weird economic times, every bit of financial support does help us make more content that we think you would enjoy. So, yeah. With that being said, let's talk about Battlefield. Actually, let me do one more quick announcement. Not more like announcement, more like update. So, this is about this podcast. So, Battlefield 1 podcast, we... The way it's growing, the way this podcast is growing on Spotify is really amazing. We're not doing, of course, amazing numbers, of course not, but the the growth we have in is almost double that we have for our other podcast, which is Live Gaming Gathering. The growth is almost double in the same time frame. And thank you so much, everyone, every single person that listens to our podcast, you know, Thank you so much, because it does bring a big, you know, I, I am smiling every time I look at people like, you know, following us and just supporting us, just listening what we have to say and do get involved in the conversation. It thank you so much. And so because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, well, I have plans to reduce some content, content plans for, for the channel and so on. So I'll, me and Ray will have a Patreon episode later this month where I lay out my plan for the future and how we can optimize our shows to be more in- interesting and entertaining for people and how we can expand a bit more so we actually get a bit more people to listen to us. So that's going to be a, a pat- Patreon episode later this month. And... For now, I'm still going to keep the monthly schedule for this podcast. So still, one one time a month, we're going to record, be recording a Battlefield 1 podcast episode. And because it's Battlefield, there's not much to talk about. And we kind of want to have somewhat deep conversations about Battlefield franchise, not just, you know, news. Uh, Battlefield never really been about news. Uh, it's a more steady, slow-burning franchise. When I say slow burning, I said like the way the process is like is you don't get any news or teases or whatever every week. So I'll for now I'll keep the Battlefield One podcast like a monthly show as it was all the time. So we have time to talk about something that we want to talk about about Battlefield. So nothing's changing, still gonna be a monthly episode. And yeah, so and if you do want to hear my plans for the future 
do subscribe to Patreon, where me and Re- well, I will talk to Ray about it, and I think it's gonna be a really good episode. So yeah, that's anyway. That's that's about the podcast. Nothing's changing. Everything's fine. Everything is remaining the same. So I hope you enjoy this conversation that I have right now because I really want to talk, talk about it. So first and foremost, let's get some news out of the way. Some Battlefield news. So Battlefield is teasing a new season for, by posting pictures on their social media. So season six is coming soon. I think in two or three weeks as I'm recording this. And honestly, I do not care. I'll be honest, I do not care. I haven't launched the game for the Redux events. For me, it doesn't really matter as I was grinding rank in ranked mode in Call of Duty Warzone, trying to reach Diamond, which I did, thankfully. And that's the thing, I need something to play for, and Battlefield doesn't really offer anything that feels important for me in terms of gameplay, let alone that I never really enjoy Battlefield 2042 gameplay to begin with. There's not really... Nothing to play for. Yeah, because you, you, of course you can play for fun, but there's nothing fun about Battlefield 2042 to me. I understand that they did a lot of good changes, improved the game, improved the you know the maps, certain gunplay stuff, and certain balance problems and so on. So some quality of life stuff. My God, planes go away. Um, I understand they improved the game and so on, but it's just the stigma is there. The stigma is there. And I saw the teases by accident. Actually accident. And the feeling I'm getting from everyone regarding Battlefield 2042 Season 6, they don't want to believe it, but people do feel it. That there's, like, this airing... They feel it. That Season 6 will be the last season for Battlefield 2042. Even though... I don't play Battlefield 2042 that much anymore. I just do not enjoy the game that much. But I still want them to continue with the seasons. You know, I still I still want to go back and check them out and enjoy the new content, enjoy the changes and whatever. Just continue improving the game. And looking at EA's track record, you know, Electronic Arts publishing track record, let's say, let's say let's go back a decade later, yeah. If you look at their statistics and the analyze how they release their games on paper that means we're getting a new Battlefield game next year which is 2024 and the executives at EA already talking about the next Battlefield you know in their comfort uh, in their investors meetings whatever they they call uh, I forgot what they called but anyway they're talking about the next Battlefield as in being what's the word they used uh, reinvented or something like that. I can't remember. But thing is, you don't. You should not look at those quotes, those investors' calls, you know, and read those quotes and think something's meaningful will come out of their mouths. No, it won't because it's an investor call. It, it's always, you know, flashy, imp- important wannabe words that mean nothing at the end. You know, they can say that. The next battlefield will be a piece of shit. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> okay, I mean, they can say anything they want about the next battlefield game. It will. It won't mean nothing. It will. It means nothing because it's just words. Because they just need to sell the game to the investors. You know, that's kind of it. So, ju- judging by the track record, then we might be getting a next battlefield game. Next battlefield game for next year, 2024. and that's why battlefield. 2042 season 6 will be the last 
but I want to believe, I really want to believe that there will be no Balfour game next year and it will be for 2025 and maybe like a, you know, a March release or something like that, like a spring release, that would be so great. It would be so great for a Balfour game to come out somewhere in spring or before summer. It would be such an amazing thing to experience instead of, you know, releases in you know, the holy season, so-called holy season, for like October, November. I can't, I don't want that. I'll be honest, I don't want that. And I want developers to have more time to make the game, well, perfect. No game is perfect, but perfect enough that we can all enjoy the game that they produced. <sighs> Do the signs point that the next, that this is the last season and there's a new game coming out next year? Yes, unfortunately, yes. But I hope that's not the case. Because, like I said, I personally want them to continue for another year. But knowing DICE and EA and the player numbers that are not looking great, even if you're just looking at one platform out of six, as we have Steam charts, and there's like about 8,000 people playing on Steam. Of course, that's not including Origin and the consoles. So roughly 8 times 6... Well, we we have what uh, thirty thirty fuck I can't math anyway around thirty forty thousand players on all platforms is that a good number sure but I don't think it's a good number towards EA because EA doesn't even talk about Battlefield on grand scale as like a big franchise they have in their investors calls so they kind of already uh, put Battlefield you know to the side and moving on the developers to work on the next game and make hopefully that next game is actually good and because they tr- because from a scene they're actually investing a lot into this next game so and I do want to talk about the predictions for the next game how it's going to go but yeah anyway so that's the news new season is being teased and it feels like it's going to be the last season from what people are feeling like the atmosphere around this game is that it's done it's 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 time to move on but I hope that's not the case. I hope we'll still have more, couple of more seasons, you know, just to keep going, you know, just to have, leave a good positive impression on the player base as we move towards the next game, you know, for 2025, I hope. Or 2026 in that matter. But anyway, nothing bored, nothing, just new seasons coming soon in a couple of weeks. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, let me just have a sip of water quickly. Okay, so I want to talk about community test environment. So for people that don't know what is community test environment, I will try my best to explain. So back in Battlefield 4 and Battlefield 1, which is 2014 to 2017, so Battlefield 4 and Battlefield 1, they had a thing called community test environment. And what was it basically? It was a separate build of the game that you were able to download if you had Battlefield 4 and Battlefield 1 Premium. So not it wasn't like free to play or anything. People with that paid extra for you know deluxe edition or whatever you want to call it, they had access to a separate build of the game where the developers could make direct changes to the game to that build specifically. Not the retail one. It, it was a separate build. It was the same game, but it was a separate build. You know, it's like imagine you download Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, and you download Modern Warfare testing environment or whatever. So 
two identical games, but they're like they're separate. One is for testing, and one is like the actual game. So that's what that's what it was. So developers could make direct changes to the game without any obstacles, and it was when I say without any, any obstacles because it was only available on PC. It was later available on console, but it was not updated as much as the PC one because console always required certification process. So the way game publishing works on consoles, you can't really publish anything on consoles until you do the certification process for Microsoft and Sony. It's, and that certification process is there to make sure that that your security is on is on point, your build of the game doesn't break the console, because if it breaks the console, that means Sony and Microsoft are responsible to, replace, to replace the console, and they don't want to do that, of course, because they don't want a broken console coming their way. So certification process is there to make sure that every, everything goes smoothly. And when you do experimental changes and always changing something on a, you know this separate build, this testing environment, you can't really do it on console because you never know if it's going to break the console, which can happen. So it was mostly on PC because there was no third-party uh, organization checking on everything, and PC is usually more stable. Um, so that was the community test environment. It's a separate build of the game for developers to test and experiment with some stuff. And holy shit, what is that shit? God damn, that is loud. So yeah, so the purpose was to basically test the game before the patch got released to the retail version of the game. And if I remember correctly, Ubisoft games have this. Rainbow Six Siege and The Division, they have separate builds that you can load of the game. Not all the time, but at one point you could download those builds and test the the patches or the, the changes they did to the game before it hits the retail version of the game. But Ubisoft treats that as a QA test, you know. Last minute QA test makes sure that there's no game game breaking bugs and they can release the patch on retail just fine. That's how Ubisoft treats it. But Battlefield 4 and Battlefield 1 CTE was never really that. Well, actually speaking of, let me tell a bit of the difference between Battlefield 4 CTE and Battlefield 1 CTE. Battlefield 4 and Battlefield 1, yeah. So before I continue, I'm gonna talk about this. Everything we're gonna talk about in the next 40 minutes, I guess, I'm gonna talk about mostly Battlefield 4 community test environment. And the reason I will talk about Battlefield 4 community test environment, because that was the biggest impact they had on Battlefield, as a, you know, on the franchise, on the players and developers, on everything. The reason why Battlefield 4 is such a beloved game by everyone, it's mostly because Battlefield 4 CTE, community test environment. Battlefield 1, on the other hand, even though it was a good, you know, it was a good game, did not enjoy it that much, but it was a good game, I will not deny it. Community test environment did not make Battlefield 1 great. Community test environment in Battlefield 1, it was like um, early access to to DLC, you know, to make sure that there's no game-breaking game bugs before they release, it, that they release the DLC to the public. That's how Battlefield 1 CT was treated. And Battlefield 4 CT was a completely different story. Battlefield 4 community test environment was there as an experimental, interesting, unique build to make sure, sh- to like test ideas, 
check if, if check new game modes experiment with new game modes see if something works and something doesn't maybe like try a different gun balance or try new mechanics or whatever it was a testing ground to see if something can be applied to the retail version of the game while Battlefield 1 community test environment was never really that thing it was just nothing was happening on Battlefield 1 CT until new DLC was about to release and like a month before the launch of the DLC they drop it on CTE people play it for like a couple of days and that's it nothing else happened so so what I'm going to talk about in the next 40 minutes is, was, is going to be about Battlefield 4 CT and explain why it's such a good thing to have in the Battlefield franchise and why it makes it basically stand out from other shooters because it was such a unique thing back then. No one ever did this. So when you see Ubisoft doing their like with their Division and Rainbow Six Siege or any other game with the test environments, Battlefield was the first one to ever try that, honestly. Like the AAA shoot, like the AAA game. It was the first game to ever try that. No other game did that before. That, that, that's like unheard of. You know? So everything I'm going to talk about is mostly Battlefield City. There was one change in Battlefield 1 community test environment that did cause a lot of problems. When I say problems, it was more like um, discussion. But I'm going to talk about that later. So, of course, anyone, everyone's going to listen to this now and thinking so... Community test environment was just a QA test because developers are not QAing the game, basically. No, that's not that. Because I don't think people understand what QA does. So, QA, when it comes to video game development, are not there to find all the bugs. They're there to make sure that your game launches in the first place. You have to understand that QA can't find all the bugs. QA can't find, you know... All the problems with the game because the games these days are so big and QA is not one million players, you know, it's, it's not 100,000 players, not, you know, a server of full of 64 players from all different regions, all the, you know, with different backgrounds in terms of like technology, like, you know, PCs, you know, with different configura configurations and everything, it's, they will find more bugs more problems than any QA team in the world. I don't care what kind of QA players or testers you have in your studio, it will never replace the sheer number of players you can have online finding those bugs for you. It's just, it's insane. It's just, it's not possible unless you have machines. Jesus Christ, jet. That is one loud plane. Unless you have robots and AI and everything testing your games, but even then that's not accurate because AI is programmed to be us and it will never replace human being in terms of just pure thinking and logic and so, so on. So it's not just QA testing, it's, it's just... And the reason why Battlefield 4 CT, community test environment, was such a big thing in the Battlefield community because it wasn't just about QA, it's about gathering feedback, it was about changing you know, any mechanics according to the needs of the players. You know, QA doesn't give feedback. Like I said, QA is there to make sure that you launch the game to begin with. That's their job. QA is to make sure that you can launch the game and play the game, you know. And because of the feedback that you can gather from bringing all these players, like thousands of thousands of thousands of players playing your 
experimental build or whatever the, whatever the case may be, because of that feedback, there was always discussions and big important discussions on how things should be approached for, the, for a Battlefield game. So how gun balance should work, how map design should work, what's the game mode logic and so on. Like there's so many big discussions that happened during Battlefield 4 community test environment because developers indicated and told everyone, hey, this is a community test environment, right? This is a test environment. That means there will be some experiments, bad ones are good ones, there will be some changes, they will see if there's anything works, something doesn't work, we'll try new things, we'll test some bugs or whatever it can be. Because developers indicate that they're happy to experiment and do something different and new. Jesus Christ. I am so sorry that I have to stop talking sometimes because of the planes, but damn, they're so loud. So, community test environment was there, and developers indi indicate that we are happy to make changes according to your feedback, as long as it's valuable, good feedback, and it's nothing too crazy. And that's what they did. And because developers encouraged the players to provide their feedback, because the players knew that feedback will be addressed one way or another. It's just, it's just such an am amazing thing to have for a developer. It just, it just changes the whole development process for the better. I personally created my own score system for Conquest because back in the day, and actually, let me find. I do have okay. So back in the day, I created a new scoring system for Conquest because back then. As data said, according to DICE, that I heard from a lot of developers that some passionate community members that... Well, we, oh, okay, yeah, here you go. I, I found it. So, I'll, I'll read this paragraph from my paper that I wrote. Well, paper. from the. So, this is the quote I wrote. And this was what's happening back then. I heard a lot of stuff from developers and some passionate community members that new players starting Battlefield game for the first time, they don't understand how Conquest works how conquest works at least it's badly explained which is not helping the battle franchise of keeping the players on long-term basis and that was the problem back then i don't know if it's still the problem these these days but the problem back then people you know new players did not really understand how the scoring system or how conquest works for us battle players that know how conquest works we're like oh, capture flags and reduce the tickets but it's not really clear for a lot of people it seems so i tried my best to create a new scoring system to try to not keep the same uh, mechanics in the game, but try to explain to the new players how the scoring system works. And for example, the way scoring, the conquest scoring worked in all Battlefield games, it was never clear which team was better. Like, yeah, one team won, but it, but the ticket number that you have on the screen never really indicated how good the other team was. Was the complete blowout or not. For example, you have there were some eight on eight tournaments in Battlefield, and two teams, right, fighting for three flags on conquest. If we have if you control two flags for majority of the game, like the whole game, and the enemy team controlled one flag the whole game, the the scoring will be like the the scoring will be like two two fifty against zero so you would imagine that was a blowout but it probably wasn't you don't know that so 
the way I, I create a system is to indicate how, like, I basically created another, I don't know what to call it, a mathematical language, a, lang- a language, you know, a, a scoring way, like, a visual representation which team was better and how good they were, you know. I created that system from scratch because I want to improve how the reading of the scoreboard indicates how the game was going. And I will never created this system to begin with. And I, sh- I showed this uh, uh, document, this my paper, my paper to all you know all the available dice developers that still work at dice. And I hope they're gonna they can improve, use this for the next future games. But that's not the point. The reason I created the score system back then is because of community test environment. Without that te- community test environment, I would never just take time out of my free time, you know, I would not take, I would not sacrifice my free time to create a a new scoring system for Conquest just because I feel like, no, it's because the community test environment was there. And because the community test environment was there and developers indicate that they're happy to listen to all the feedback, all the new ideas and changes to improve the Battlefield franchise, to keep, you know, keep the franchise going forward with improvements and everything, you know, all that kind of stuff, it's thanks to them, thanks to the developers at DICE that were pushing community test environment to be a thing, I created this system. And there were so many people with different ideas, different, you know, uh, talents and skill and everything coming forward and sending DICE their ideas, their papers, their uh, designs, and whatever the case may be, they send it to DICE because they want the game to improve. And no one got paid for that. You know, this was all our free will, you know, free free work, whatever you want to call it. But we were so passionate about this. And a lot, you know, people, a lot of Battlefield players like, you know what, I want to have an impact on this franchise and I will do my best. And a lot of people came up with their own ideas and they sent it to DICE, including me. I, I made my own scoring system. For example, Battlefield 4... Uh, on the there was a map that coming out and there was a capture capture the flag mode on on the map and i recommended the dice developer to change the locations of the flag because it was too similar to layout that was in domination for example and dice developer listened to it and he changed the location and it's it, and it worked it it worked i i had a tiny impact on the game development and and that was great and i'm not the only one there's a lot of people smart people came up with their, you know, talents and skills and tried to improve the game. And DICE developer, you know, DICE developers listened to all of it because it was amazing when loads of people with different backgrounds and loads of different skills and talents come together to make something amazing and improve the game and improve the franchise. It's, it's, it was such an amazing thing. But of course, like in politics, you know, which game development is no different if you ask me, there's always a personal bias from certain groups of players, or even developers in that matter, or how on how they want the game to be. Regular players disagreeing with YouTubers, and YouTubers fan base fighting regular players, while other hardcore Battlefield players want to ignore all of them and suggest their own ideas, while developers have their own ideas what Battlefield is. So, I heard this perfect quote that game development is not a democracy, which is true. Another day, DICE is the 
Lida, they're the ones making the game. It's their game. It's their, you know, product. So at the end of the day, whatever decisions, whatever game ideas or whatever we have in our mind, the decision will be on dice. And it's their, you know, responsibility. And it's their decision what feedback they will gather and what feedback they're going to use. You know, very complicated discussions in general. Like there were loads of complicated discussions, you know, and no one was really happy. But, but the positive is, because we've been having these discussions, what Battlefield is, because people came from different groups, you know, some people started playing Battlefield 2, some people started playing Battlefield 3, so everyone has, you know, everyone have different ideas what Battlefield games should be, you know. But because we have, we've been having these discussions, you know, thanks to community test environment, because we're having these discussions, we can have, you know, we can meet somewhere in the middle. It created a discussion on what Battlefield is supposed to be, and because of that, even though no one was 100% happy about the changes, it did help us to find a common ground that we all agree that, you know, should, and it made sure that the developers, you know, dies, that they stayed on the right track. So even though we all have different ideas what Battlefield is, DICE was able to gather all that feedback, and you know what? We might not use this idea, but we might use this idea, and maybe we can merge them together into one and see if we can meet somewhere in the middle. Sure, no one's going to be 100% happy about, you know, stuff being changed, but that's game development, you know? You're going to have to find a middle ground to make everyone happy. No one's going to be 100% happy, of course, but, but because we have these discussions, we can meet somewhere in the middle, and because we meet somewhere in the middle, that means we're somewhat on the same page. You know, we are somewhat on the same. We somewhat in the, understand what needs to be done. We might need to sacrifice some something, but we know that we're gonna be on the same page. And because we're on the same page, we can grow the, the franchise forward. And because we're, in the, and because we grow on the franchise forward, that means developers, you know, dice will remain on the right track. You know, because we're keeping them on their toes making sure what players want and what they need. Because some people say like, oh, let developers do their vision and think. Sure. But when you're making a game for millions of people, you can't, your vision needs to find compromise to accommodate all the players that enjoy your franchise, enjoy your games. So you can't really just go, you know, this is my decision, fuck you, enjoy it. You know, you can't really do that. And the community test environment gave that platform for everyone to discuss different ideas and find that middle ground that people can agree on. And because people agreed on, that we can move forward. The reason why Battlefield 4 is so beloved by a lot of community members, a lot of Battlefield players, or just outside Battlefield, the reason why people love Battlefield 4 is not because it was a great game from the get-go, it had the foundation to be a great game, but it was a, such a rough launch, it was just insane. But the reason why people remember Battlefield 4 as good as, I, as, good as it was... It, well, I'm, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say is that the reason people love Battlefield 4 that much is because of community test environment. Oh my god, that plane. The community test environment was there to improve the game, improve the foundation of the game, to make the game better... And that made such a big difference, you know, how people see Battlefield 4. 
people remember Battlefield 4 as a this amazing game that you know changed everything. But when it came out, it was not that. It was a complete opposite. It was the worst things ever. It was like such a horrible launch. They had to delay all the DLCs because the game they had to fix the game. You know, you think Modern Warfare 2 was bad? Or Warzone 2 was bad? Oh no, Battlefield 4 was comp- 10 times worse. Crashes, shit bugs, and everything is just insane. But the reason why people love Battlefield 4, you know, was it like 8 years, 9 years later? Is because community test environment was there to improve the game. Which is, and of course, because community test environment existed and so many talented people contributed to make sure the game stayed healthy and DICE stayed on the right track, some of the people got hired by DICE to work on the next game. You know, the couple of, you know, couple of talented people got hired by DICE because they were really, really good at that thing they're doing. As they showcase in the community's death environment, so they go hard. And that's great. And, of course, the biggest highlight for community test environment was, was, of course, the community map project. You know, DICE decide, you know what? We're going to make a new map. We're going to make a new map. And we're going to ask the community what kind of map they want. So they gave us a survey. Oh, do you want to see urban? Do you want to see, you know, jungle? Do you want to see desert? Whatever. And... And people voted what kind of map they want to see. You know, they, they gave their ideas and so on. Okay, DICE looked at the survey, looked like, okay, people say they want urban. Okay, so we can't do urban because reasons. So they release a blog post explaining, okay, here's the results of the survey, and we explain why we can't do this. And they explained. They explained why they can't do urban map, so we're going to go with other options. And because they went with other options... They gave another survey. Okay, so these are the options. What kind of layout do you want? So they gave a layout layout options for these maps. And then, you know, then they gather the results. They explain the blog post in the next blog post. Like, hey, here's the results. This is what's happening. Okay. Um, they give another survey about something else. My god, I so bloody loud. Actually, while the plane is flying, I might as well have a drink. So... They gather all the feedback, and, and it was such a, like, it's such a good process. Like, you know, DICE ask for questions, people answer, and then DICE explain what can be done and what cannot be done. You know, they explained. Can you imagine, you know, Activision explaining why they can't do specific map, or whatever the case may be? Do you think Activision would do that? Of course not. You know, Activision is a corporate entry, but... Including EA, but something about the it was so magical. And the map is called what was it? Operation Outbreak? I think that was that's how it's called, the jungle map that came out in Battlefield 4. Which was made from scratch, you you know, with the community. You know, community gave feedback about this map. And after the service and everything, DICE made like a you know, a white a white map, you know, just just blocks. It's just it's just a map with no textures or anything. It's just blocks. You know, objects on, on the map and saying, how's the layout? Is it working? And so on. And it was such a fantastic experience that opened everyone how game development works. It was so educational. It never happened in any game anymore. I haven't seen any game do that ever again. Battlefield was the only game that's like, 
Here's the white. Here's the pure, just white map with no textures, no nothing, shitty objects that we imported from Battlefront, whatever. And see how it works. Does the layout work? Okay, layout works. Okay. Do you want to see what kind of points of interest you want on the flag? Do you want like a, uh, was it a temple? Do you want a village? Do you want a, a, a industrial building? Where like they ask these kind of questions, and to this day. It's one of the best maps, if not the best, Battlefield map in history when it comes to 64 players. It's because they took all that feedback from the community and they made an amazing map. And they explained, you know, why they can't do that and that and that. So let's do that and that. And people were understanding. People were excited. And it was, and to this day, it's still one of my favorite maps I ever played in Battlefield. It's so good. It's amazing. Looks amazing, feels amazing, plays well. Every game mode is chef's kiss. Every game mode on that map was fantastic. All because of the feedback the community gave. And that's what why the community test environment is such an amazing thing to have in a Battlefield game. Can you imagine Battlefield 2042 with the community test environment? Oh boy. <laughs> uh, and, and of course there was a Halloween event in... Battlefield 4, that was really interesting and fun. Uh, for example, for Christmas, they replaced all the soldier models with a snowman, a Santa, a reindeer. It was just, it was so ridiculous, but it was fun. And you can play snow fights in, you know, in the community test environment for Christmas, because it was just for fun, you know? It was just that. And when you talk about Battlefield 1 community test environment... Community test environment for Battlefield 1 was, like I said, it was just early access to the content. Because Battlefield 4 CTE was so good and so successful, they actually were making premium 2.0. They were making another premium uh, content plan for Battlefield 4. But Battlefield 1 was about to be released, so they had to abandon all those plans and focus on Battlefield 1, which is quite sad. Um... But that was happening, and Battlefield 1 CTE, yeah, like I said, it was just a content drop. It was just like an early access drop. Like, I don't think people understand... Maybe because people left, because I know there was like an exodus of people leaving, and it was it was not the same. You know, it, it, it kind of lost its charm, what, or people maybe understand. So there were no more surveys, there were no more feedback gathering, everything. It was just there. You know, as an early access for getting some content and testing some last-minute bugs about, you know, for the DLC that's about to come out. And it wasn't great. It was just, eh. It was great for me because I was make I was making trailers. Uh, because DICE wasn't making any trailers for their DLCs for Battlefield 1. So I was making trailers thanks to Battlefield 1 CTE. Which gathered me, like, 6, 5 million views from trailers alone. Which is freaking fantastic. It was not the same. Which is sad. And of course, Battlefield 5, you know, Battlefield V, whatever you want to call it, did not have any community test environment. And Battlefield 2042, of course, had nothing. Battlefield 2042 had so many different problems. It, like, if you ask me, near different. <laughs> I, 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 I don't even know how to start with Battlefield 2042. But, yeah. Uh, the, it's a, it left such an impact on the Battlefield franchise. And that's why people love Battlefield 4. They don't realize that it is because of Battlefield 4 CTE, but it's, it was because of the community test environment. It was literally because of that. People never mention it, why Battlefield 4 is so amazing. 
you know, was amazing back then, it's because of that. And people don't really get that, you know, which is quite interesting. And of course, this not everything is perfect with Battlefield, with Battlefield community test environment. Of course not. Like I said, there's politics in the public forums and internally, whatever, because the game development is politics, basically. And the negatives are heard from developers regarding running a community test environment. Well, okay. Let's let's say, will the next game, the next Battlefield game, should have community test environment? From the get-go, I would say yes, of course, yes. But the negatives I heard from the developers running community test environment is because it takes a lot of resource, resources away from making something for the game, but instead they have to run the community test environment. See, and it's apparently it's too expensive in, in, in certain cases. See... Is it too expensive if it actually makes your game better and actually brings more people to play your game? I think that expenditure is worth it then. You know, certain developers I talked to said that is a very... Um, what's the word? Um, tedious, expensive thing to do. And that's why maybe not a lot of developers are doing that. But then you have to look at a different side. If it's if Battlefield 4 CTE left such a big impact on the Battlefield franchise that people still love it nine years later, don't you think it's worth to spend that money to make sure that your game stay and your franchise stay on the right track? You know, it's just uh, it's just one of those things that. I think it's worth it. I think it's worth to keep that, you know, in your game. Because, like I said, it brings the community together. We can find a common ground. And I can assure you, if Battlefield 2042 had a community test environment run by the same people, or at least with the same spirit, Battlefield 2042 would be an amazing game right now. Would bring more people... To the game, of course, it's just it's it's a it, what if moment, right? It's a it's a like oh, you, doesn't mean it's gonna be like that, but but I believe if 2042 had a community test environment and it was run in the same spirit as it was Battlefield 4, I think it would be such a different environment right now regarding Battlefield. I don't think anyone would even want a new Battlefield game. Just in, keep improving this one. Just keep going. Just keep going as much as you can. You know, push another two, three years out of this game. Maybe four. God knows. God, that is one low point. Just keep going, you know. And that's why I believe that would happen. And, but the problem is, and even though, even though, when we talk about the next Balfour game, DICE is bringing some of the old developers back that worked on Battlefield 4 and other games back to DICE. For example, like David Serland, who was the main lead on making sure the Battlefield 4 community test environment exists and runs smoothly. He's back at DICE, you know, as an important figure, uh, important person. 
I would love to have optimism that maybe we can have community test environment back for the next game. But the way AAA games these days, especially shooters, uh, they became too corporate and too arrogant. And I don't think they understand, like, I don't think they can handle it. Like, sure, I'm, uh, I'm making a lot of assumptions here, but I don't think a lot of developers, especially, uh, like, the top executives, I don't think they can handle a community test environment existing because it would actually showcase their incompetence in some case. So these days, in a lot of AAA games, we have this way too corporate, too arrogant out outlook on the players. Like, don't get me wrong, a lot of times players are not correct about something. They're not correct, you know, whatever the case may be. But not, but you have to understand, you have to filter that feedback properly. And when you filter that feedback properly, you do know and you realize that, wait a minute, a lot of players are not just your average Joe's, you know, average Joe idiot. A lot, a lot of players are developers. A lot of players are talented, smart people with their own talents and skills. And they understand what, what it takes to make a video game or what changes can be applied and so on, you know. And a lot of developers, I don't know where this uh, mentality is coming from. I did talk about li on Live Gaming Gathering about this. Because I, saw, I was so flabbergasted by ignorance or arrogance from certain DICE developers. What the fuck they're talking about. I don't think... Because I don't think they understand. A lot of these people don't understand. And community test environment will showcase their incompetence. And what I'm talking about is that, for example... They do this um, Inside Battlefield podcast they do on Spotify. And it's a great podcast. Really interesting to listen. But they do everything, and that's actually starting with Battlefield 2042. Since Battlefield 2042 got announced, there's a lot, there's a lot of things I noticed, especially coming from the top, uh, Dice or yeah, I don't know who. They do everything they can to avoid any responsibility about their decisions, which was never really the case in Battlefield 4 CTE and Battlefield 1 CTE. So when they make a when they make a mistake in Battlefield 4 CT and Battlefield 1 CT, they actually be honest about it and not and then when things did not work out, they explain why it did not work out and they explain why it did not work, why this was a bad idea and so on. They explain. And they never called someone stupid or dumb even though they had they they could a couple of times, but they never did. And since Battlefield 2042, I read so many articles, I read, I listened to so many podcasts of theirs, where they avoid any responsibility about them making a mistake. For example, the why the maps look pristine in, uh, at the start of the game, like, you know, when the game launched. Oh, it's not because the game was in so many problems internally. No, it's because it was start of the war, and, not, and because the war was going, that's why the maps are updated. I'm st like, okay... Sure, you can have a lore explanation there, but we know that that's a bullshit excuse. Or how an article came out just recently, I think it was Game Rant, or whatever, like, I can't remember the website, uh, interview one of the senior DICE, exec, uh, DICE developers or whatever, I can't remember. And he basically said, oh, players 
did not understand how to use specialists, and that's why we changed it. No, no, we knew how to use specialists. Don't gaslight us. Or when I was listening to the podcast about map changes, like, for example, there was a, apparently they were talking about data, how players would rather run to the objective than use their uh, calling vehicle the option that you can have in Battlefield 2042. Because the maps were so huge, they introduced a calling vehicle, you know, a calling feature. So you can call in a tank, uh, a transport vehicle, whatever, and you can use it to transfer between, you know, go between flags, yeah, right? And what DICE found out is because, oh, uh, people would rather run to the flag than use a vehicle. And I'm like, uh, excuse me, sir, have you played your own game? We run to the flag not because we want to. We run to the flag because the calling feature is limited and did not allow us to spawn in a vehicle. There was like maximum three, two uh, vehicles you, call, you can call in through the whole server for whole whole 128 players. If you played your own fucking game, you would understand why people run to the flags instead of using calling vehicles. Because we can't call in a vehicle. The game doesn't allow us because there's a fucking limit. And that limit is there probably to save memory on the game to make sure it doesn't fucking crashes. Don't fucking gaslight us and tell us some fucking lies. Don't fucking lie. And that's what pissed me off. For example, the kick feature. You know... Oh, we did not have we don't we don't want to have a kick feature in the game because it would promote toxicity or something like that. And of course, everyone called called them out for on their bullshit. And if anyone knows about Ghost of Gaming drama that happened with EA Creator Network, how he got kicked, and the reason so if you check out our Patreon, we do have a, a good episode about that. So do check out our Patreon. We were talked about that, and we had an amazing episode about that. That Ghost of Gaming game create a network drama. Do check that Patreon episode. It was so good. We we had such a good conversation regarding that. So do check out. So Ghost of Gaming, a YouTuber, he got kicked from the EA Creator Network because he shared a screenshot of community manager explaining privately why there's no kick feature so uh, me of course they added the kick feature later a month later or two you know go figure right they they, they, go figure they added that feature so all this drama was literally for nothing but anyway i grew up basically in an environment where community test environment existed and i experienced what it means you know, to live, you know, to play in an environment, to enjoy my games in an environment where developers and community members actually talk to each other openly about certain things. Of course, no one's breaking NDAs for obvious reasons, but I grew up in an environment where we could have an open discussion about certain stuff without being absolute cunts to each other. You know, so, and this is not, like, why do you have to explain why there's no kick feature in a video, you know, in your game, in a private, for, you know, private Discord, forum, Discord, whatever, in a private, like, area, you know, location, whatever you want to call it, Discord, basically. Why do you have to explain privately when you could just explain publicly? Why the explanations are, were so different from the public one, from the private one? And then you 
managed to gaslight everyone saying that Ghost of Gaming was the problem, that he shared that message. In a Discord, I, I went through that uh, create a network contract, whatever you want to call it. No one gets paid, whatever. That Discord is just over-glorified private messaging area, whatever. There's no NDA on Discord. After all this drama, they asked us, can you please keep it private? Alright, that's after all the drama. Why has to be that? Why these kind of things have to be private? So this is why I don't think the community test environment would work because it would co- it would call out their bullshit. Community test environment put you know developers in a spot where they have to be honest. You know they have to be honest about their changes, about everything they do with the game, and that was really important to be open. Otherwise, the community test environment would never work. And if community test environment existed these days. It would remove the power from these people that want to gaslight the community members and avoid any responsibility about their shitty decisions. But that's why I believe... I want to believe... I want to... I want... I want the next Battlefield game to have community test environment. But it will not have it as long as these people are still working at that studio or any other studio in that matter and be absolute douchebags and gaslight the community. Don't gaslight your community. Don't tell them that they don't know how to use the specialist. They know how to use specialists. They play other games, you moron. Play your own fucking game. You know, it's just... That's, that's what pisses me off. Community test environment would, would showcase your incompetence. I, am I being mean right now regarding... That, oh, maybe I don't have the full picture or whatever. All I'm asking, don't fucking gaslight your players about not knowing how to play the game. They know how to play the game. It's just your decisions in the video game was shit. And just admit it. It wasn't, it was not a good idea. And that's what happened in Battlefield 4CT. They admitted, okay, we tried to do something, did not work out, we'll change it. And a perfect example was... In Battlefield 1 community test environment, which is quite uh, ironic that it was Battlefield 1. So in back in Battlefield 1, there was a thing called Ammo 2.0. It was a big discussion, a very big drama regarding that. So Ammo 2.0 in Battlefield... So DICE want to change something how the support class works. Because what they find out that the, cl- the support class was the least used class in the game... And people only played support class to be, you know, just that ammo guy, right? It's just ammo. You know, nothing more. Just ammo. And they want to improve the support class to make it more impactful, more meaningful, and to be more interesting. So the solutions coming in ammo to point on are basically this. As I just opened an article regarding this because I want to remember. I remember everything perfectly, but I just want to read it out so you can understand what I'm talking about. So... Ammo 2.0 is a shift from ammo gadgets being the only way to resupply to a cooldown-based system with ammo gadgets modifying cooldowns. The cooldown-based resupply shifts the benefit of the ammo box from the long term to short term. So basically, translation is they were switching from you getting ammo not from boxes, but you get your ammo back with a cooldown. Right? So let's say... You throw a grenade, you know, your anti-tank grenade, 
and in a different in an any battle game you will need to go to your ammo, ammo box and get it back right what they try to do is you get you throw the grenade and you get it back on a cooldown so in like i don't know a minute later you get the grenade back right but if you were next to an ammo box you will get it instantly or faster so much faster that it's almost instant and you will get an extra one if you use the ammo box right so the idea was to improve um less really you know there were so many problems for example battlefield is always famous like when you play a you know battlefield game and the supports don't do their jobs you know medics don't do their jobs or support players don't throw ammo wherever. when you need ammo they, they don't throw it you know, and people were so mad about this change. They actually complained so much about it. The dice said, "Okay, you know what? This is not a good change. We'll we'll change it back. We'll we we'll, we go back to the regular one." Even though I did not agree with the community, shit, you know, shitting on the system and basically complaining that this is too complicated or whatever the case may be. I disagree with the community, but DICE listened. You know what? A lot of people disagreed, but they listened. I, this is the moment where they actually what should told, like, no, you're fucking idiots. You accept the system because it's fucking better, but people thought it was a bad system, so I'm like, okay, cool. But they, they listened. With 2042, for example, they would just say, no, fuck you. You take the system, you fucking love it, and take it. So, it's one of those things that community test environments, it will be such an amazing thing. We will not be happy with all the decisions they make in the game. Of course not. And we would disagree with a lot of people, we would disagree with certain developers, but it would create a place or a discussion what Battlefield is. And we would meet somewhere in the in the middle of it. In the you know, we will have some. Will, we will find some sort of common ground that we can agree on, and move forward. You know, the point of community test environment is to be open-minded. You know, be open-minded about everything that can happen. And be direct with your decision making. Like I said, community test environment would fail if you're approaching this as another way to control the narrative. If you're approaching community death environment as a control to control the narrative, which DICE is really trying to do their best now, but I think they're kind of failing because they're just gaslighting everyone. Though, <laughs> correction, it's not cert- it's not DICE, it's just certain people gaslight, pe- uh, develop, uh, gaslight the players and make, it, make, it just leaves a really sour taste for everyone. You know, don't do that. Just don't do that. So that's the thing. Community test environment is about being open-minded and direct about your decision-making. And if you don't approach this with that attitude, it will fail. And, and it, I, I think that's why Battlefield 5 and Battlefield 2042 n- not even considered having a community test environment because we reached, reached those levels of corporate arrogance that, no, we know best. Players will buy it anyway. They will accept it. If not, we'll just sell them another game in a couple of years. You know, and that pisses me off. 
You can't do that with community test environment. And community test environment would actually would prolong your game life cycle a bit longer. And maybe you will have more time to make the next game a bit better and maybe use those lessons from the community test environment to the next game. That's what that's what pisses me up though. Community test environment was there to improve the franchise. And when Battlefield 4 had community test environment going, you know, go smoothly and everything and changes were being made and everything, uh, back then, me and others were discussing, well, that means they can learn, they can take these lessons from the community test environment and apply for the Battlefield, for the next game. You know, we didn't know Battlefield 1 was uh, a game back then, but well, they can take these lessons and prove for the next game. But DICE being DICE, or just being game developers, game development in general, Activision 2, actually, funny enough, like, the new game didn't apply any lessons from the previous game, it's a completely new game built from scratch, which I get, the game development is a bitch, but then, but I think the reason why that happens with every game developer, why their new games are so different from uh, their previous ones, and all the quality life improvements, or whatever the case may be, are not applied in the new game, is because I I think it's the way. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Pipeline? No, I, I don't know how to describe it. Uh, it's just it's not lack of planning either, because the, the, these people are not dumb. Of course, the game development is a bitch. That's the point. It's it's very hard to make a game. But there must be better ways to make sure that you can apply all the lessons. From your previous game and apply it to the new one. You know, take your lessons from the previous game and apply it to the new one. There must be ways. There must be ways to plan that ahead somehow. You know, there must be. And then, of course, and I know it's possible because you look at all the other games, like look, you know, Battlefield or Call of Duty, for example. Uh, Modern, War Modern Warfare 2 and Warzone 2. When Warzone 2 came out. It was so different from original Warzone. All the quality of life was like quality of life improvements that were made in Warzone One were not available in Warzone Two. But of course, almost a year later, all those features are almost back. So what exactly happened? You why you, you needed like what seven eight extra months to apply these features? Then put that in your budget. You know, I don't know. I'm 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 spitballing here, of course, but. You, I'm not gonna provide you all the solutions. Well, why am I? I'm just I'm just a guy talking in front of the microphone, talking about the video game franchise that I like. But there must be something. There's definitely something because they do it in live. They do it in retail, you know. So definitely they can include that somehow in their budget, in their development pipeline, somehow to apply the old lessons uh, on the new game. It's possible because they did it. That's the thing. They did it. A lot of game, game developers did it. So I don't understand like when I hear comments like we can't do that because game development. You can. It's just you need to plan ahead properly. That's kind of it. You know, uh, Put your resources in the right spot. And sometimes when people work in game development sometimes they go crazy for no reason when you just have to be a bit more simple. You know. But anyway um I've been talking for an hour and all that kind of stuff, so just let me make a quick conclusion about this. So, Battlefield CT, Battlefield Community Test Environment, it's an amazing thing. I think it brings developers and community members and all the players together 
for one common goal to make sure that the franchise is going to the right direction. Even when developers or community members or whatever don't agree with each other, at least we can find a perfect, well not perfect, can find a common ground where we can all agree and move forward from there. And because we all find a common ground and we all agree what needs to be done, we have we agree that this is this is the you know how this how things need to be done. And because we agree with each other, other players outside the Battlefield community that look at the Battlefield franchise are thinking, oh, everyone seems like having fun. You know, they're having fun with their games. There's not a lot of toxicity or drama happening. I will check out this game and play. And because other players having fun, why I shouldn't have fun? You know, a lot of people don't like. A lot of people enjoy their games because other people enjoy their games. You know, that's the thing. And a lot of people, educated, skillful, educated, skillful people, helped Dice to make their game better. And some of them go hired to work at DICE. Which is amazing. That's that's such an amazing thing to experience. It's like, can we do more of that? You know? It just... It, it keeps everyone open-minded and it's fantastic. But that's all I wanted to talk about. I have probably so many things I could mention, but I just don't remember right now, so I'll probably remember for the next podcast, for the next episode, um, but yeah, I hope the next the next Balfour game will have community death environment, and I hope we'll go back to that open-minded, less corporate, um, and less arrogant approach to video game development, and we can continue improving Battlefield, we can improve, we can continue improving the game, you know, that's the dream of course. But yeah, that's all I want to say. Um, and I'm going to end the podcast on this note, on a positive note. So hopefully we can found some pos- find some positives in the future. Okay, so on that note, um, please do, le- do leave us a rating. So if you did enjoy my ramblings and the planes flying above my head, as you can hear it right now, I hope you enjoy, did enjoy my ramblings about community test environment, about Battlefield in general. So do leave us a rating, you know, keep this podcast go up, let people find it. Do follow, do follow our socials, you know, in the description. And of course, the most important, please go to our patrons, support the show, get amazing, valuable content. We actually try really hard to produce that content, so that is exclusive to Patreon. And I hope you will enjoy it. Do check our Patreon, support us, you know, so we can make more and more in the future, maybe improve it and so on, whatever the case may be. And yeah, it does help. It does help. So do check out, have fun with it, you know, check out, you know, use a free trial if you have to. It's okay. I will not blame you. Of course not. I'm just happy that you listen, you know, you're just sitting and listening to us. That's all I care about. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for everything you guys are doing to us. It's amazing. So my name is Tom, aka the Lanky Soldier. I hope we will play in the squad someday soon in a Battlefield game. And have a good day. Good evening. Good morning. Whether wherever you are, stay safe. And I'll see you guys on the Battlefield. <laughs>